Today on the Soundwriter Show, we are talking about planning out your 2018 moto calendar. We've got all kinds of ideas for you to think about of where to ride this year. Uh, we've got a special guest in the studio. She's come over all the way from Redmond, and she'll be joining us now and then during the show. And uh, we've got some tips and tricks coming up at the end, so stick around. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible in part by... Linwood Motoplex, your gateway to motorcycling adventure in the Pacific Northwest. Choose from brands like Indian, KTM, BMW, Kawasaki, Victory, Yamaha, Can-Am, and more. Family owned and operated for over 25 years. Linwood Motoplex is your one-stop shop for fun. Hi, this is Chris Fant with WomenADVWriters.com. Welcome to the Sound Rider Show. Now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Writer Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. Motorcycle riders around the Pacific Northwest and around the world, welcome to the January episode of the Sound Rider Show. And you know, I've been checking the astrological calendars, and it's my understanding that this, 2018, is the year of the rider. Ah, I thought it was the year of the motorcycle. It's the year of the motorcycle rider, and I know, kind of checking in on that, your uh, astrological sign, I think, is the Honda Transalp. Is that right, Tom Marin, publisher, editor of the uh, SoundRider.com and the Sound Rider Show? Welcome. And that's my astrological sign. Yeah, the Honda Transalp for 2018. A little oh. throwback there, right? Huh. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Mine, of course, would be the uh, the vaunted Suzuki DR350. And on that note, I'm sorry to, to kind of inform you that uh, last year's New Year's prediction didn't come true, man. It I'm, did not come true. I'm you did not get a new motorcycle. But I couldn't be uh, happier to be on that motorcycle in 2018, and I couldn't be happier to be here on the Sound Rider Show. Well, you know, uh, speaking of, of uh, getting a new motorcycle, yeah. uh, we have a special guest in the studio with us today. She came all the way over from Redmond. Right. And uh, so I'd like to start off by asking her what her favorite motorcycle is. So let's see what she says. You ready? Let's do it. Hey, Cortana, what's your favorite motorcycle? I'm sorry, but I can't help with that yet. Oh, man. Oh, man. Come on, CT. What, what, what value is that on the show? No, I need I this girl. Know. You know, if you get sick this year, I need this girl yeah, like, to fill in as the co-host, you know? I feel like she's probably better fit for a scooter because they've got the underseat luggage. I think she'd fit nicely in there. <laughs> you know, that might be my first guess. But uh, maybe we'll try her again later in the show. Give her some time to think about it. I bet we will try her again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, maybe what we can ask her a little bit later is uh, kind of on a topic of discussion here. It's 2018, so we're looking for some ways to kind of plan out our motorcycling year. And that's kind of our theme of the show today. And uh, one of the things that uh, we were kind of looking at as we came in with some preparation for this month's and this year's episode is I came across an article in Men's Journal, well-respected for their motorcycling knowledge, of course. A little air quote action there for those of you listening. Uh, But uh, an interesting article, 25 Perfect Motorcycle Vacations. And I sent this to you. What were your thoughts on that, Tom? Well, I was a little concerned because all the articles in men's journals don't have dates on them. So I I don't know if we're talking about something that's brand new. I know you said you found it on the homepage. I did, yeah. Maybe it is brand new. 
uh, or if it's something that's five years old. But, you know, anyways, stuff like that is kind of timeless. It is, absolutely. Things haven't changed, yeah. uh, you know, when we talk about all these different places enough to to be able to know it was dated if it was done longer you know, long long time ago. Yeah, I think at least anyway it is somewhat relevant. Like you said, timeless. But what really kind of caught my attention is, of course, whenever I'm looking at stuff like that, I'm looking for things that are relatively nearby, of course, focused more on the Pacific Northwest. I noticed a couple of them in there that were in the region. Some seemed okay. Some were a little questionable. But I thought, you know, hey, Tom has written, you know, half a dozen books, maybe even more now at this point on riding in the Pacific Northwest. And I was curious, did they reach out to you? Because it seemed like some of the suggestions were a little generic. No, it yeah. was kind of a beginner's course in yeah. where to go ride a motorcycle. Uh, but, you know, I knew we were going to talk about it on the show today, and I did make some notes. I knew we couldn't talk about all 25, and frankly, right. why would I want to talk about a motorcycle ride in Washington, D.C.? Sure. Um, so what I did was I made some notes on the rides that they talk about um, west from the, going from the Rocky Mountain Range to the west. Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. Well, what do you have out so of that? So they opened up the article talking about riding in through Zion. Mm-hmm. Well, you can do that in the morning. Yeah. So um, I have done a trip, and it was about a five-day trip, where I went to Utah right, and uh, flew in uh, at St. George and went over, and, and they had shipped my bike in. Nice. Uh, the, the tour group I was with. This was really fun. I did this with Eastside Harley-Davidson, some uh, about 2000, I think, 2001 okay. maybe. Cool. Um, and if you're going to go to Zion and you're going to do a motorcycle vacation, <laughs> you don't want to make it a one-day vacation. No way. So uh, you want to add in things like riding your motorcycle down the Mookie Dugway. Right. Uh, going to the Four Corners. Yep. Going through Monument Valley. 100%. Couldn't agree more with that. Uh, going over to the Grand Canyon, spending a night over there. Great idea. And uh, cruising past the Capitol Reef Monument. That's awesome. You know, and I'm glad that you stuck in Capitol Reef there because I used to live in Utah for a while. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and everybody knows Zion, of course, which is beautiful. And there's no question that you need to visit that at least once. People are also pretty familiar with Bryce Canyon, which is another popular national park down yep. there. But my favorite of the Red Rock Parks – uh, in Utah, Colorado, anything in that region is actually Capitol Reef. I think that's the most underrated. And and you would pick that up after coming out of the Grand Canyon. Right. Um, if you could, you'd want to try to arrange your trip where you're going past the Capitol Reef uh, an hour before sunset or or less. Great way to highlight those red colors. Yeah, yeah. because I went through it at uh, about 2 in the afternoon, and I mean it was beautiful. Yeah. But uh, it not it wasn't as warmed up as it gets in the in the later part of the day. It's a great suggestion. That is what we in in photography world we call the golden hours, the hour before and after sunset. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, if memory serves, now it's been a few years since I've been down there, um, but I think the only way that you'd be able to come back through if you're heading back west from the Grand Canyon would be uh, on I forty there. And just a quick note that I think it used to be there was no services for about 100 miles on that stretch of interstate. So Okay, so leave your Sportster at home. Yes. Okay. <laughs> or make sure that you've got gas with you before you head out. <laughs> uh, another one they talked about was something they called the Idaho Grand Loop. And this went through 
uh, about six different states, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, Utah. And I got to thinking about that. I, now, I never heard of this, the Idaho Grand Loop, but it must exist. And they had it clocked in at 2,549 miles. Right. I typically don't like to take a trip longer than about five to seven days. So you would probably dig up the route and then find a way to cut it down. Uh, there's not really a lot of exciting motorcycle riding in Montana. That's true. It's kind of, uh, well, it's a little limited in roads, something akin to kind of like uh, BC Canada that we talked about, right? Like there's yeah. a few ones that you need to ride, but once you get off of those, there's still it's so sparsely populated, there's not a reason for a yeah, lot of it. Yeah, and it's, it's a means to an end because you do want to go and do the Red Lodge area out right. of, of uh, Yosemite. Sure. But to do that means you've got to come back west you know, along just so many, like a, like a day's worth of straight roads. Right. Not that fun. But, but all uh, within that, uh, Idaho, Utah, Wyoming, uh, Wyoming, Wyoming, Oregon, Washington, and Montana. And like you said, 2,549 miles. Maybe if you're retired, though, and you want to spend a month, or like we talk about often on the show, True. if you're ready to quit your job True. and spend an entire month. And uh, for those who are moving on to the age of retirement or, or have been uh, forcibly retired by your – uh, conglomerate group, right? Um, I do know people who buy a motorcycle and they take it somewhere and then they store it and they fly home. Yeah, and then a couple months later, when they have some more free time, they fly back to where the bike is. They get on it and they ride it to wherever. They may not even know where they're going, but then when they finally get to that place, they store it. Yep, and they fly back home. So that's something to always consider doing. Uh, and, of course, with the advent of the Internet and stuff, you can probably connect with people you know, if you're a member of, like, the uh, the BMW Club of America. Yep. Uh, there's always riders that you can connect with to be friendly with and see about maybe storing at their house or a shed or something like that. And that's also a great suggestion if uh, your partner or spouse won't let you buy a second motorcycle. You just do that in secret. You store it somewhere yeah. outside of the Red Rocks, and then you buy your other one and you keep it here. Yeah, and you say, uh, honey, I'm going hunting. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they talked about going on the outskirts of Las Vegas in the Valley of Fire, and they cautioned you that the speed limits are dumbed down below what's reasonable. Yeah. And uh, that's also true in Yellowstone. So uh, if you uh, if you plan to go to a place like like Yellowstone, don't plan it. You're not going to get a hot shot around the national park no or way. the Valley of Fire, for that matter. Um, my recommendation always about Yellowstone is make sure you take at least a day off the bike and do a tour bus. Don't try to do both loops in a day on your motorcycle because you're going to get on and off that bike like 50 times that day. That's a great suggestion, and I would also add to that if you can – Try to do it on a weekday, too, because even on a weekday, some of the more popular spots like Yellowstone get so crowded that uh, if you can try to mitigate some of that traffic, you probably enjoy yourself And you've got to book more. your accommodations in advance, even if you're going to be tent camping. Well, start looking now, actually. You know, we're talking yep. about preparing for the year, and even though it's January, it's, uh, it's never too early to get a head start on those for uh, popular yep. places like Yosemite. Well, you talked about going uh – to Big Sur in California, yeah. and there is another one-day trip. So there's there's plenty of great roads around the Big Sur area, uh, and I would go with your wisdom on that one for this too, is uh, don't go to Big Sur on the weekend. In fact, don't even go to Big Sur in the summer. Right. Go there in the spring, go there in the fall, but uh, you're just going to get stuck behind all kinds of RVs on Highway 1. 
but there's so many other fun roads around that area that yeah. there aren't a lot of there's not a lot of traffic there. Well, so. you know, I, I think that's a theme for a lot of these rides too. Is like especially if you're a more experienced rider, you've been around for a while. These articles really appeal to me as sort of a general destination. Yeah. I break out the atlas, I look, and I go, okay, I can go and see this on one day, but I'm going to spend my other four or five days riding the back roads here. Yep, and so like the next one, the Northwest Passage Ride, well, that's a 200-mile ride going right. along Highway 12 between Clarkston, uh, Lewiston, Clarkston, Washington, and uh, into Montana. Yep. So there's your lunchtime ride. Right. <laughs> but uh, there are seven different cool roads off to the sides as you go down Highway 12 that you can ride. Right. That uh, And we have those listed on uh, on the Soundwriter site. Under the, if you go into the archive, you can find that article. I think it's called the Seven Lolo and the Seven Brothers, or something like that. Right, because obviously Lolo is a big destination point for a lot of riders. But again, more stuff around that to check out. And the thing about Lolo is, it's uh, it's a money making machine for yeah. law enforcement. So don't expect to uh, you know really wick it up out there. But right. on these side roads that we talk about in the article, you can kind of wick it up. Do they, you think that's how they keep taxes so low in Montana? They just get the tourists in the summertime? And uh, then, uh, I think they just keep the population low, and that keeps the taxes uh, that's low. That's true. Right? That's one way to do it. Uh, see. Uh, well, they talked about going to Denver, Colorado, and they also talked about uh, another ride in Colorado. And there again, I would say, why don't you go do five days in Colorado and see how many of the ten – over 10,000 peaks. That's a great suggestion. You can yeah. hit in yeah. those five days. No, you know, there's so much beautiful uh, scenery in Colorado. Of course, most people are familiar with that. But I will admit that I am not super familiar with it as a motorcycling destination. Have you ever spent any time riding around down I there? I haven't. That's my dream trip. I want okay. to ship a bike down there, fly in, pick it up. And uh, go and spend five or seven days yeah. trying to hit as many of those passes as I can. Well, hey, maybe this will be the year to. Uh oh, we got our uh -oh. our special guest coming in here. That would be. Uh, See now, we didn't even say her name. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they're looking at uh, setting up a uh, Denver, Colorado branch. But I'm happy uh, I had her microphone off. Right. <laughs> but uh, that would be a great uh, a great summertime trip, I think. And uh, there's obviously so much to see, so many beautiful national parks too. I mean, you could really spend if you have the time two weeks, three weeks, even a month down there. Now you go down and work in the San Diego area now and then. That's right. Yeah. So it'd be nice if you could rent a bike down there and do what they're what they're suggesting, which is riding out of San Diego and going out into the east area there. In fact, there's a really nice loop you can do that will take you out to the east and then up to Palm Springs, yeah. and then back in a different way. So uh, if you're down in Southern California, yeah, go for it. It's a good idea. Recommendations on a motorcycle to rent. Um. Of the four major islands in Hawaii, I've ridden on three of them. Okay. So they were talking about riding the big island, and they said that Saddle Road is a total hoot, and they're so right. And they just repaved uh, the, the uh, sort of the middle section of Saddle Road a couple of years ago. Right. And it's in really great shape, and uh, not a lot of people using it. So that's totally worthy of renting a bike in Hawaii for a day and going and hitting that. Um, also up on the north side of the island, some really nice little twisties up there that are off of the mainline road. Yeah. But if you get a map, you can find them. And what a day to kind of pack a lunch, you know, maybe two and just kind of get out and ride, stop, pull over at the beach, take in the scenery. 
and uh, nosh on some pineapple. I would you're... recommend you pack a lunch because yeah. typically you'll ride over to Hilo, right? And I haven't been able to find any good food in Hilo. All right, so, so make sure that's stay the, out of that Mexican an insider's restaurant. <laughs> Uh, and last but not least, they talked about going to Denali, which, well, maybe it is least because uh, Alaska trips are always weather contingent. Yep, yeah, and that's any time of year. It doesn't matter if it's uh, July or August. Yeah, you've they be get prepared. a lot of moisture yeah. in the summer. So. Yep. Uh, missing in action, not included in the article. Yeah. Nothing about Oregon. Yeah, how did they miss Oregon? That's one of those things that uh, is a real head-scratcher because particularly in late August, we know – uh, we head down there for the rally in the gorge, and there's so many great ro- roads around there. Oh, like, there's Eastern Oregon. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of riding on the Oregon coast, although I found some really nice side roads on the Oregon coast that sure. I like to ride. Uh, whether it's the Lobster Valley Road or the one down on the south end, I can't recall the name right now. Right. Um, there are some some really great side roads, and uh, I do happen to have a book about uh, riding in Western Oregon. So. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe this is an opportunity we'd like to see at some point uh, from yourself, like uh, five perfect Northwestern motorcycle vacations, right? I'm sure you could whip that out in a hurry. Ooh, I actually have five in the can that I did for the state of Washington one time. It's beautiful. Let's do it. should pull one out soon. Yeah, let's see that. Uh, also, uh, there was no mention of, you know, they talked about Alaska and they talked about Washington and Montana, but they did not talk about Canada. Yeah, you're right. And... Is you know you could you could do a decent five days in Canada, or you can add in a little bit of Alaska too. Or you know, depending on where you're coming from, that's again that's another one of those trips you could stretch out to a couple of weeks. Obviously, a lot of people will do sort of a whole North American tour, but even though there aren't a lot of side roads in Canada, it's something that everybody in the Pacific Northwest should ride at least once. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there's uh, we got your brain going now. Yeah. And uh, what we're going to do is take a little break. When we come back, we got some news bites. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible by Moon Motorcycles, a family-run operation located in Issaquah, Washington. Moon Motorcycles features a diverse selection of used bikes to choose from. Whether you're shopping for a used sport bike, cruiser, dual sport, sport touring, or street standard, you owe it to yourself to visit Moon Motorcycles and look over their large inventory. Have you got a used bike you want to consign? Get in touch with Moon Motorcycles today. Hi. Al Brooks here uh, from Surrey, BC. Um, lovely day here in British Columbia. Not to tell all the people that live elsewhere about that, but uh, one of my favorite riding places is Central Oregon, John Day area. I go there usually once a year, twice a year, and ride all around the roads there. Lots of curvy roads for uh, road road guys, and lots of gravel roads for adventure touring guys. And beautiful scenery. Hi, this is Chris Page from the Oregon Motorcycle Road Racing Association, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. show we're going to roll into news bites here and you know if this is any indication of the year to come i would say that uh, 2018 is going to be pretty action-packed we got a lot of news bites a lot in the calendar so why don't we jump right into it tom yeah uh, so um 
our girl here wants to tell us about the first one. All right. So let me prompt her. Uh, hey, Cortana, tell me about the VT1300CX recall. I'm sorry. I don't know the answer to that one yet. All right. Well, I do. Okay, let's so, defer to uh, you then on that, Tom. So, hey, um, t- hey, hang on. Hey, Tom Marin, what do you know about the Honda VT1300CX uh, Fury motorcycle recall? I have three bits of information about the Honda VT1300CX recall. Done like a true professional. Good, huh? Yeah, that is great. <laughs> Look for that in 2019, the uh, Soundrider Echo. Well, in this particular recall, and you, you know, you know, things are slow when we're starting to do recalls on the show. But hey, we sure. had to fill it up with something. <laughs> um, but this is kind of interesting one because uh, this this recall involves only twenty units. Wow! So if you own one of these bikes, you should be checking your mail and seeing, or you could contact your dealer because they'll have the the VINs that are affected. But apparently there was only 20 bad tanks that went out. They had bad welds in the tanks. Now, I would assume that these are being done electronically by robots. That's a pretty specific number, right? Yeah. Well, you know, maybe it was one of those things where I can't do this weld today. Yeah, maybe that's their first day with Cortana. My robot they... went home sick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, 20, uh, I guess, you check your specific VIN number there. And at least they're all 2017, so there's probably not a ton of units out there, but uh, keep your eyes open in case you are on one of those models. Yep. Uh, another recall that came down the line this week or this last month was uh, 2016 and 2017 Aprilia RS V4 and Tuono motorcycles are recalled for brakes that may fail. Uh-oh. That is a very important recall then. I would get that checked. Yeah. Now, is that uh, front and rear brakes? Did you get into that a little bit? or I didn't. I okay. didn't. I don't recall. Well, that's the last thing you want is for your brakes to fail when you need them most. So definitely if you're on, a, on an Aprilia, especially an RSV4 or one of the Tuono motorcycles, you might want to check that out. Don't uh, hit your brakes too hard until you take it down to the dealer. And this involves a few more than 20 units. Yeah, I don't know what the right. total number is on it, but I know it's more than that. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, let's see. In December, uh, as promised in the uh, December show, uh, I did piece together a holiday downtime video. And uh, people have been watching it. People yeah. have been commenting. And uh, I'm going to leave it up for another week. Okay. So if you haven't seen the downtime video reel, go to songwriter.com and click on the link there. I'll uh, give you a little information about what you're going to see. And uh, it's, 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 it's quite a lot. I, I, did you watch the whole thing through? You know, I haven't had a chance to see the whole thing. It's almost uh, two hours, right? Yes, yeah, two hours. So yeah. that's why I call it the downtime video. Definitely. But you don't have to watch it all at once. Just don't let it run on the shuffle. That's right. Well, it's definitely uh, got a lot of good videos in there. I did have a chance to check out, uh, I think, about the first half hour or so. And uh, looking forward to checking out the next 90 minutes. So, um, see, we published an article in the December issue called If Weather Turned You Around, Why? Yeah. Got some interesting comments. Yeah. Have you ever been turned around by weather? In my younger days, yeah. Yeah. And I rode in some bad weather, and I was poorly dressed, and I've had all my bad experiences, but... um, the one that prompted this article was last spring, mm-hmm. heading over to uh, the Wild Horse Wind Farm. Okay. And that was pretty bad weather. But I got through it fine. 
Heated yeah. seat makes all the difference. I was going to say, uh, the difference being on this one here in your more experienced years, you had the proper gear on that ride. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was dry inside and I was warm inside, and that makes a huge difference. Yeah, and you know, that's something just a kind of uh, a quick side note there. You really do have to be cognizant of that, not just of, you know, hey, what's my traction going to be like on the road, which I think is something that people focus on because that's a little more intimidating, but you get into positions where you think, hey, if I can tough it out for a half hour or 45 minutes, it's going to warm up. Yeah. But when your body temperature starts to drop, man, your uh, your mental abilities can go right along with it. So, you so have we to have a lot, of, a lot of wisdom about that in yeah. the article. And uh, and I'll leave that up in uh, January. We'll just move it down the page a little bit. But Good it'll still be the there for, for people it, for to sure. read. For sure, yep. Uh, see, um, I got busy with my propeller hat on this yeah. month. I got the <laughs> registration open for all the events next year. Uh, rally in the Gorge, road trip. Cafe to Cafe, you can sign up right now if you want to. You can sign up for the Sasquatch Dual Sport. So. It's going to be another jam-packed year. I'm looking forward to all of those, as always. All right. Uh, and we've been uh, reading several different articles about uh, Tour Tech AG, right. which is Germany, uh, has got an investor now. So it looks like uh, things could be a little smoother for the guys here in uh, Georgetown. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, kind of plays out. But as a broader theme, you know, for these, especially these adventure accessory companies, and I guess really just motorcycle accessory companies in general, I think we're going to start to see a wave of outside investors coming in and picking up some of the scraps as we kind of transition. Yeah, because some of these guys, you know, when their business is down, they're not going to be able to afford to stay in business. But they want to, in order to keep that brand alive, they're going to have to sell it to somebody. And I think we've seen that as kind of a broader theme for even just a lot of motorcycle like manufacturers, right? I mean, initially the company kind of comes into existence out of a sort of passion, but people find out real quickly that it's tough to run a business on passion alone. And then these investors come in and they go, well, if we cut 5% here, cut 10% here, we can keep this thing afloat and make like, Yeah, well, ask here. Eric Buell all about that. All right, there you How go. many times has he been up and down? Hey, yeah, I tell you, man. Yeah. Well, are we, we going to see that back again, mm-hmm. do you think? Oh, why not? Yeah. <laughs> it's as soon as we get the paperwork done on the last solution. Maybe that uh, same company in Germany can uh, step in and throw a few million bucks his way. And uh, let's see. Um, we lost a, uh, a long-time dealer owner, Cliff Schoening, yeah. down at Cliff Cycle Center in uh, Bremerton. Yeah. But uh, don't worry, the shop's still open. The shop is still open, yep. And it sounds like the family's still going to be involved there, at least for the short term. So um, always, you know, anytime we lose a uh, somebody who's been in the business a long time here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, our best to the, uh, to the family, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a lot of time this month uh, piecing together the 2018 calendar, which we're going to be talking about in the feature section of the right. show. Um, and uh, I also spent two solid days reworking the dealer directory. And I know I can't look over here at this woman and ask her <laughs> uh, where all the Harley shops are or anything like that. Right. And so the uh, the Soundwriter Dealer Directory is a useful resource for people who are trying to find out uh, where shops are along the way if they're going to be touring out in different areas of the Pacific Northwest. Yep. And uh, so that's uh, that's all been updated, and it's nice and fresh, and, and uh, all the information is good. And that's really kind of a nice snapshot. When you, when you look at that, you start scrolling through that to see – just how involved the Pacific Northwest is in motorcycling because mm-hmm. there are dealerships and shops 
and some towns that you've never even heard of. I mean, exactly. Idaho and Washington and Oregon. And it's uh, it's kind of fun just to roll through that. And um, sometimes, too, you know, you see a little shop in an out-of-the-way town, and you go, you know what? Let me just ride out there and check it out. Give me a reason to get out and hit the road. Yeah, and I uh, I noticed uh, – I saw a headline go by the other day. It said of, of uh, the three Pacific Northwest states – Idaho has the fastest growing population. And sure enough, as I was going through the directory updates, I was adding a bunch of new shops in Great. Idaho Falls, Twin Falls, uh, Orofino, wow. just places where you don't expect to see a lot of motorcycle shops. Well, you know, there's a very diverse crowd out there, though. There's a lot of Harley riders, a lot of dual sport riders, so it's a, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a great state to ride in. Can-Am has kind of switched up their dealer network about by 50% since the last time we did the directory. Crazy. They have about the same amount of dealers, but they're different places now. Yeah. So if you're a Can-Am rider, you might want to check that out because uh, where you remember the last time you went to Idaho Falls as your dealer is not that person anymore, but there may still be one there. Right. So... So, uh, yeah, that was a lot of work. And, uh, you know, as a result of the holidays and doing the kind of uh, uh, really getting my head into these project-type work, uh, expect a delay on the January issue. All right, yeah. Come down more toward the second week of January. So just listen to this episode twice, and then by the time you get through <laughs> that, the, uh, the, new episode, or the new issue will be out. But one of the things that I wanted to do, um, and I took care of it, is get the links to all the different directories on any page you're on on Soundwriter. So over there on the right side where the the sponsors' ads roll and where the the sponsored links and uh, the trending with readers, now we have a link for all the key directories as well. Right. You don't have to dig into the More button on the top. Well, that's a great feature because, you know, a lot of times, too, we have uh, an audience that is well outside the Pacific Northwest, and people come in through search articles and that kind of thing, just searching on Google. So it's good to be able to access those from any page. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right. So that's the News Bites. Uh, Let's take a little break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the January calendar of events. Support for SoundWriter and the SoundWriter Show is made possible by... Adventure Motorsports, Stomish County's largest selection of Yamaha and Suzuki motorcycles, ATVs, quads, and UTVs are available in Monroe at Adventure Motorsports. Celebrating a decade of top-rated sales, service, parts, and accessory support, hit the road and visit Adventure Motorsports today. Hi, I'm Jim from Seattle. My primary bike is the Triumph Explorer 1200. My favorite riding is in northern British Columbia. This is Jose Mateu with Skagit Power Sports, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Soundwriter calendar feed. You can find that at soundwriter.com slash calendar. We've got some January highlights here, and it's looking like a pretty good month. You know, December was a little slow, but I'm taking a quick uh, cursory glance of some of the uh, some of the more notable events coming up here. And I got to tell you what, I'm pretty excited. This is some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, our, our girl here wants to uh, – we want to find out if she knows about one of the events. So let's ask her. All right. Hey, hey Cortana – can you tell me about the flat track racing in Puyallup this month? 
Sorry, I'm not able to help with this one yet. All right, so you can see that when we're talking, when you're reading Soundwriter, you're getting some good information. Yes, it's not, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, motorcycling in the Pacific Northwest has not quite met its crossroad with artificial intelligence. I got to tell you, I think that uh, if Cortana was looking to sponsor the Soundwriter show, we may have to do a little bit of work here because uh, Cortana is about as reliable as a high mileage Royal Enfield engine. I think maybe what we want to do is write these questions down, and then on the 2019 show, we yeah. ask her all the same questions again and see if she's catching up with us at all. <laughs> otherwise, you know, and if if she is, then we know we're in trouble. But otherwise, we're we're, we're in good shape right now. Well, look ahead a little bonus calendar item: January 1st, 2019. We revisit with Cortana on the Sandrider <laughs> show. But let's go into uh, to this month and this year, 2018. What's going on on January 5th? So I really put a lot of work into getting the 2018 calendar up. And and what I found was a bunch of new events that we hadn't been showing before and hadn't been keyed in. Uh, and by the way, just a message to all the listeners, readers, and writers. If you have a motorcycle event you want in our calendar, go ahead and clunk it in. Yeah. And uh, we'll take a look and, and post it up. There's a nice little uh, submission form right there. You just click on it from the calendar link. And uh, we'd love to take a look at that. The more, the merrier. So on uh, Friday, January 5th, you can start your new year off with uh, some arena cross up in Monroe at the Evergreen Fairgrounds there. Yeah, and a couple of repeat events throughout the month on the 13th and the 20th. Yep. So that's great, man. If you're looking for a chance to to get out there in the wintertime and take in some uh, arena cross, why not just go to Monroe? Well, you don't have to wait for arena cross to get to the, uh, what is it, the CenturyLink field. You can just that's uh, true. get it now. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And, you know, we've always talked about the Moguzzi brunch down in Georgetown that yep. happens every month. But I uh, also found out that the uh, Moguzzi Club of Washington holds a breakfast down at Crane Corner, which is outside of Enumclaw. Okay. I was going to ask you, where is Crane Corner? <laughs> but that's, that's always the first Saturday of the month. Well, that's a pretty nice little ride if you've got some good weather. If you want to head out from Seattle, right? Go out there and grab some breakfast. Yeah. Hop on your Moto Guzzi or yeah, otherwise. It's a way to check and make sure your heated seat and your heated grips are still working. It's definitely this time of year. Um, got some flat track racing on Saturday the 6th, both in Puyallup, but also in Spokane. So wintertime flat track racing. Great, man. Yeah, go check that out in the 6th. That's a couple of busy couple of days, the 5th and the 6th. You could have a uh, hell of a weekend there. You could have a heck of a weekend. You yeah. could go and have the, the breakfast with the Gucci Club on Saturday morning. You could go down and do the flat track race in Puyallup. And then on Sunday, you can get up and ride out to Gig Harbor and join up with the Washington State BMW riders for their ride. Hey, you've spent enough time with your family over the holidays. Now it's a, a little you time, right? So get out there and enjoy that. And, man, this is January. <laughs> I hope it's not freezing out there. Well, like you said, good gear, right? That makes all the difference. So uh, assuming that you don't have like a foot of snow to trudge through. Yeah, and speaking of a foot of snow, I went last year to the uh, snow camp event out in uh, out there on the southwest side of Mount Rainier, right near Elby, Washington, and uh, it was all snow. Yes. So uh, that was a little bit, and I slept in my tent. And I think uh, you'd probably be looking at that again this year if all indications are correct, right? Uh, I won't be going this year. Well, I mean, talking about the snowfall, though, if you're going to go, you're probably going to I think there's snow, snow on the ground out there. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine there is. Now, what is this? We're over a decade for snow camp, right? That's been a pretty oh, yeah, regular event. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, quite a long time. Maybe two decades now. Wow, that's I crazy. I, 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 we, we were talking about it about 11 p.m. that night by the fire, the only <laughs> place where it was warm. 
And it was, uh, it's been like 20, 25 years, something crazy like that. So. Yeah. Well, BYOF, bring your own fire if you're going to go. And by the way, uh, all these events that we're talking about, you get links on the Soundwriter calendar. That's and right. find out more about each of them. Um, we've got some flat track racing happening in Monroe on the 14th of January, Sunday. That guy's really busy up there. He's yeah. running the arena cross and the flat track. And- I love it, man. That's great. Uh, more Moto Guzzi action, this time in Oregon. They'll have their uh, breakfast ride and feed event on the 20th. You're going to want to use the link and go to their website so you can find out where it's at. They're right. moving around. Uh, getting down towards the end of January, uh, the annual PDX Film Fest. I think this is the fourth year for this. Yeah. And this is to uh, raise money for the air fence that Omra uses. And this is uh, usually sells out the last couple of years, right? Yes, so it does. And I don't have any about... tickets to give away this year. Gotcha. And uh, just one uh, quick note there. I think we jumped over number seven, the Vancouver Motorcycle Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> Sorry about that. Now that's the 19th to the 21st. So the weekend before the PDX Film Festival, if you want to do a little I-5 tour, maybe you go Vancouver to PDX, you can uh, – Pick up a lot of great motorcycle knowledge and, of course, maybe a few good stops for uh, restaurants, too. Well, unless you remember, this Vancouver is the Vancouver, British Columbia. Hey, man, I'm seeing it. I know it's not I-5 up in uh, Vancouver, but you could ride that whole stretch. You know, you go from Vancouver, B.C., maybe you make a stop in Seattle midweek, and then you're down at the PDX Film Festival. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I could give you a back road route. Yeah, and wintertime touring be damned. Get out there. Yeah. It's January. I can write a whole tour book for you. Yeah, you let's hear it, I'll man. Let know, I'll let you know what my commission rate is for that. <laughs> now, just another quick note on the Vancouver Motorcycle Show. You went there, was it last year or the year before? Yeah, this year it's your turn to go. That's my turn it's to all go. Oh, we got to have a Soundwriter wrap up there. That's right. Send uh, send me up. I'll go and uh, I'll check it out and get some great food. I love Man- uh, Vancouver. It's a great city, isn't it? Well, you're not actually in Vancouver. You're out in Abbotsford. Right. That's about 40 minutes east of Vancouver. Yeah, but I'm just going to make a cursory stop at the motorcycle show. Well, you should plan there. to spend a night. Yeah. And you could go to the show both days if you want, or right. you can do a little touring. Um, there's there's the uh, motorcycle museum that's up there that's really nice. Yeah. The Dealey um, Museum. Is that the one you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You've been to that. Yep. So... Uh, um, yeah, definitely. Stuff. If you go to Vancouver, I mean, if you know, if you want, you can just jump in. I've done that before too. I've gone up in the morning, parked the bike, go in, do the show, right? Come out, ride back home. But it's a long day. It is a long day, especially in January if you're going to do a uh, a down and back. But hey, Vancouver. And after that last trip I took into Canada, I don't know if they're going to let me back <laughs> in. But. Nice callback to, I believe, the November episode <laughs> there. But uh, lots of good stuff going on with those that uh, stretch the 19th to the 27th. All right. Now, uh, that's our January calendar, but there's lots of cool stuff happening in the Pacific Northwest. And in the next segment, we're going to talk about some of the calendar highlights. And I think you're going to realize what a special place the Pacific Northwest is to live in if you ride a motorcycle. That's why it's the year of the motorcycle rider on the Sound Rider Show. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible by The MotoFit Group, providing track days in both Oregon and Washington. The MotoFit Group helps riders experience the next level of their riding abilities and takes them to the zone where the bike and rider become one. Find out more or sign up for a track day today at themotofitgroup.com. Hi, I'm Ray Coop. I'm from uh, Surrey, B.C., and uh, one of my favorite roads is probably the Curly Creek Road, which runs up towards Mount St. Helen between uh, Wind River Road. 
This is Ryan Hemans with Parts Unlimited, and you're listening to The Soundwriter Show. Hey, Cortana, when is the One Motorcycle Show in Portland, Oregon? According to BikeWeekEvents.com, the One Motorcycle Show. The The One Motorcycle Show will be held on Friday, February 12th to Sunday, February 14th, 2016 in Portland, Oregon. 2015. This motorcycle event is held at the Red. Well, I think what that highlights is that uh, if you want the most up-to-date calendar information in the Pacific Northwest, you go to soundwriter.com slash calendar. You're not going to find no 2015 <laughs> dates over here, baby. Uh-uh. And frankly, I'm a little disappointed in uh, old CT over here. I thought that should be a little more up-to-date. This artificial intelligence stuff is supposed to be the wave. Yeah, a lot of work to do. They should probably hire us to go in and just fix up their motorcycle AI. You know, I think that is a, a great suggestion and something that if you're listening, Microsoft – we are available for a very hefty price tag, but worth every penny. Oh, it's reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> it's reasonable. We'd like some stock options, though. That would be great, yeah. Some stock options and some <laughs> uh, technology gift certificates so we can get loaded up. But uh, what else do we got going on, man? Right. There's a ton so, of stuff this so year. So what we're going to do is we're just going to breeze through some of the calendar highlights, yeah. and you know, you can make comments on anything if you want. I'll do that. Um, and this is a way for people to also kind of realize, you know, you've got to pre-plan some of this stuff. Uh, especially if you're making hotel reservations or whatever. So we did the January. We're going to jump to February and just hit the highlights as I go. Uh, and there's only one for February, and that's the One Motorcycle Show down in Portland. Right. Uh, I don't have the dates right here because they're all on the calendar, and it's just going to take a lot of time if I read you the specific dates. You're not going to write them down. But February 2018, you can be sure. Yep. Yep, and so that's uh, that's always cool. We got some custom bikes in there. Usually, what I don't know, thirty, fifty bikes. Yeah, uh, and usually held in a hold in a, like a warehouse situation. It moves around, so you gotta you gotta hit the link and find out where it's gonna be. And a great town to visit, Portland. You know. Uh, yeah, as long as it's not snowing. As long as it's not snowing, yes. But a lot of good restaurants, and nice to get down there once or twice a year if you're coming from outside of the area. Yeah. That's true. Uh, in March, we're going to kick off uh, the month with the Cafe to Cafe Grand Tour. You can register for that now. Uh, that's going to be uh, a list of 15 restaurants you can go to anywhere. in the. There's 15 restaurants scattered around the Pacific Northwest right. any time between March and September. Always a fan favorite. I'm looking forward to it as I do every year. And then uh, coming in the middle of March, we're going to be at the uh, – we're going to have a booth this year at the Inland Northwest Motorcycle Show. Uh, that's out in Spokane. That's great. So you can come visit us at the booth and whoever, whoever else is out there. So quick callback to that on the previous item. Are you going to be able to pick up any cafe-to-cafe stops on the way to the Inland Motorcycle Show? I would imagine you would, but I don't have all the stops picked up Okay, yet. fair enough. So – uh, and especially if you go the long way, yeah. Yeah. Is that like the, the Grand <laughs> Idaho Loop? Yeah, you, you take go? the long route. Right. Yeah, the 2,549-mile yeah. <laughs> route to Spokane. You're bound to find something, that's for we'll sure. Get you, we'll get a couple of cafes in there I love you. it. Uh, I did this one last year. It was quite fun. It's called the Dirty Poker Run. It's held out in uh, out there by uh, 
uh, sort of uh, George, Washington area cool. on the Columbia River. And uh, they take a piece of private land out there. They've got a really long ride that they do as a fun run in the day. And then uh, if you got a UTV, you can do the UTV ride that happens at night. Cool. Nice little back and forth. Now, did you do the UTV thing last year? Am I remembering I that did. correctly? That was, with, was that with Norm? Or? Yeah, with Norm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Norm had a UTV. So right. we, did, we did both the day route. In the UTV, and then we went back and did it that night. Man, can't get much better than that. So it was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, it was a little bit cold. We uh, it, it was Norm's RV, so right. we uh, managed to drain the uh, battery down on the power <laughs> by about 4 a.m., I yeah, think it was. That's okay, though. You know, just, just before the sun comes up, that'll get you warmed <laughs> back up again. Uh, so, see, also in uh, March, you know, uh, got a nice swap meet all the time up at Monroe that's put on by a bait. That's up at the Evergreen Fairgrounds as well. Talking about them earlier. Yeah. And then uh, first Saturday of April is always the Desert 100 and a couple different courses. They also run some, some uh, courses on Sunday. And uh, a lot of people kick their motorcycle season off with that. I was going to say, this is the time, April, right, where people really start to get out there and start to think about uh, the warm weather months and riding ahead. I tend to stay out of there because yeah. it's pretty dusty. Okay. But um, well, you just if you go, make sure you get your goggles and your handkerchief. And yep. You get you know, set up exactly. for all of that. Yep. Yeah, and make sure you get your shower when you get home. Right. <laughs> uh, in April, Rose City Motorcycle Club kicks off their various uh, tours. Uh, they got their 250 in April. They'll do their 500 in May and their 1,000 in June. And they'll tell you what the routes are when you arrive to sign up for each one of them. Always a good time. And I, as I recall, their sign-ups start at like 6 a.m. Okay. I'm not into that, but... Well, I'll tell you what, though. Just on a side note, uh, Portland is really uh, taking on the motorcycle event uh, capital of the Pacific Northwest here, man. they got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, also in April, we'll see uh, we'll see racing with OMRA down at the Portland uh, International Raceway. Sure. And uh, the Washington Motorcycle Road Ra- Racing Association will open up their series, and that will be held uh, between uh, Pacific Raceways and the Ridge, throughout the the warmer months. Uh, May is when everybody starts up their track days. There's a couple of track schools left here in the Pacific Northwest. Yep. Check out the calendar, and you can see them all right there. Uh, also, uh, later in May, we will have our road trip tour, the Soundrider road trip tour, going through Oregon on the west side. It's a beautiful thing. It's going to be a nice ride. Uh, in June, uh, doesn't happen here every year, but we will have the Moto Guzzi National Rally, and that'll be held up in Woodenville. And is that going to be a weekend thing, or is that it's, a one-day yeah, thing? It's like a weekend okay. thing, and I think it's kind of like some interesting camping facilities gotcha. and that sort of thing. Well, you got to bring your uh, your Moto Guzzi motorcycle and all of your Italian leather and all that kind of stuff, right? Because you got to... You got to play the part. You probably get in with a Vincent or a Norton too. They'll, they'll let you that with I that too. Would, okay. Yeah. Uh, in June, uh, speaking of early morning signups, the uh, Black Dog Dual Sport will be held down in Hood River again. Beautiful. Um, yeah, you you don't get to sleep in on that one. Right. <laughs> An early morning uh, starting gun to that. <laughs> It's like, I think they have the rider meeting at 6, and they do the GPS files at 7 and Man. kick it off at 8 or something. It's crazy. That's for the professional motorcycle riders there. So uh, then in uh, in June, 
Uh, we'll have the Soundwriter Sasquatch Dual Sport Tour, five-day dual sport tour going through the Cascades and east of the Cascades in Oregon. I tell well, you it's what, man. Together now. The Cascades are just, every time I go out there, even though I've lived here in Washington for seven years, it blows my mind how beautiful it is. You should you should see if you could get that week off in yeah. June and come out for Sasquatch. That's an excellent suggestion. You'd, you'll see some really cool stuff. Yeah, including, I hear every once in a while, the actual Sasquatch himself. Oh, yeah. He makes an appearance, uh, we've right? We've done it for like nine years and we've seen him every time so. you know it's amazing uh how much of a motorcycle fan he is yeah yeah but he's out there <laughs> he's not into loud pipes so no he's no, uh that, that, if, if somebody comes with loud pipes then we never see him he's more of a dual sport guy yep yeah uh later in june to be the tour tech rally up in leavenworth and also in June, the Hodaka Days down in Athena, Oregon. Now, I uh, you, you kind of passed through that real quick, the Tour Tech Rally in Leavenworth, but uh, Leavenworth rather. But do you see any German influence there? We talked about that earlier. Maybe. Oh, maybe that's why they're doing yeah. it. <laughs> they're sponsoring mm. it. The uh, the finance company based out of Germany. They Is said it Listen, German beer in those kegs. I saw. I knew it. I could tell. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, then we get into July and uh, a couple of the bigger cruiser rallies going on. The Hell's Canyon rally early in July and then later followed by the Pendleton Bike Week. So uh, they like to do them when it's hot. Who's the uh, musical act at Pendleton this year? Uh, Fog Hat. Fog Hat? Yeah. So we had what? Grand Funk? And a Tom Petty Memorial Group. Oh, wow. We had uh, Grand Funk Railroad last year, mm-hmm. and then uh, one dog of the three dog nights, the, bef- the before <laughs> it year, right? It was a three-legged, three-dog right. night concert or something. Oh, but that man. continues to grow, and I know we had uh, Eric. Was it, it was Eric on, right, the, yeah. uh, last June? Yeah, Eric and, um, Yeah, and uh, always, man, it's a great crowd down there, so if you can make it. And bear the heat. Get down there and check out uh, Fog Hat. I can help you bear the heat. Just get yourself an evaporative cooling vest from the Soundwriter store. What does a Fog Hat hit? Remind me. Is it slow? No, slow ride's not Fog Hat, are they? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Man, Make- you know your stuff. You weren't <laughs> even born for that. Hey, man, slow ride, take it easy at Pendleton Whoa. Bike Week. So that's the only Fog Hat song I know, I Well, think. it might be the only hit they ever have. Right. <laughs> Um, if you're looking for doing a cool trip out in eastern Washington, I highly recommend people look into doing the Cruising for Critters fundraiser. Okay. It raises funds for the uh, local humane society out there to maintain the shelter that they have in Walla Walla. Right. Uh, I think I'm correct on that information. Um, but uh, really great event. Uh, they ask you to maybe to bring some cans of dog food or sure you know don't bring spam but um no that's human dog food right but they have different needs and so they want you know they're just trying to raise money and write and get some some inventory in on stuff they need but uh i just love riding out there so if i had to have an excuse uh that would be the one to go this year do you think we see a lot of uh, sidecars there with uh, pooch attached i don't think so no Okay. I don't see a lot of sidecars around unless I'm at a sidecar rally. Or yeah, one. I just think that'd be a perfect opportunity, though, if you're going to yeah. ride with your dog, right? That would be the time to do it, cruising for critters. Yeah, I think a Ural should sponsor it. Absolutely. And then they could have all the Ural sidecars there with all the critters in them. Yeah, I think that's a, a great suggestion. Another one uh, from the uh, Soundrider 
Council of Wisdom. Yeah, you could bring your your pet alligator. <laughs> mm. It's not specific to what type of critter, I suppose. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Uh, also in July, the Tall Timber Rally. This is the Norton Owners Group. So if you got a old piece of vintage iron, I bet they'll let you in if you brought a BSA or you brought a Royal Enfield, like I an like official that. Royal Enfield. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Tall Timber Rally. That's cool. Um, and then up in the, uh, uh, well, they call it the Cascade Rendezvous, but it's not in the Cascades. It's the uh, Washington State BMW Rally. Every July. And it's in the mountains just uh, east of Kettle Falls. Now, this was another one you were at last year, right? Uh, I haven't been to that one in a while. Oh, okay. I was thinking, or maybe you guys were at the, uh, were you out in Washington there? Where they do it in the field? Is that the Tour Tech Rally, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in the hay field. I gotcha, yeah. They raise hay. Right. Whatever it is. Make hay. While the sun shines. Uh, August, uh, Rally in the Gorge, down in Hood River. That's us. And really, if you're listening to any of these, that's the one you want to go to, right? Well, I tell you what. I started doing some research the other night, and the way that the rides are going to be built up this year is they're all going to have something included in them. Like you're going to go to some petroglyphs, nice. or you're going to go somewhere and get some history of a certain place. So each ride is going to have a little highlight to it. And uh, it's one of the reasons I love it down there in the gorge is there's just so much – History and there information is. and cool stuff. So, and I got to tell you that really uh, that really gets my attention because we do talk about that from time to time. How sort of underrated, particularly Oregon history, is in the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, really happy to hear that that's going to be integrated into this year's rally. So, yeah, you know, I'm going to get out there with my uh, with my notepad, take some notes, do a little writing, and enjoy every minute of that. Um, let's see. There's a ride that used to happen out in Tillamook, Oregon, every summer. Uh, called the Rat Dog, and uh, that's been terminated now. Okay. But the uh, promoter uh, just last year started up a new event called the Dog Face Dual Sport, which is run to the west of Crater Lake in the, in the woods. That's a beautiful area there. So uh, you can go and hit the link off our site and find out more about the Dog Face Dual Sport. That's going to be happening in, in September. Awesome. Um, this is an interesting one that I added to the calendar this year, the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. Have you ever seen this in September where you're riding your motorcycle or going walking down the street and all of a sudden like a 100 guys dressed in suits come bobbling down the street on Triumphs and that sort of thing? You know, I've heard of this, but when I first just saw it here kind of on our show notes, I thought that that was going to be a ride in honor of you and I. I just figured, you know. <laughs> It's a yeah. <laughs> it's a fundraising ride for a, a cause, um, What's but it's uh, it's always interesting to see the people go by. If you if you're not going to ride in it, go down and find out what the route yeah. is and check it out as they go by you. Have you ever partaken in one of these style rides? Have you ever been on your? Uh, no, I've just bumped into it. I got you. So you've never been on your motorcycle in a suit or anything like that. No. Right. Uh, well, a riding suit. Well, yeah, of course, but <laughs> more form- formal attire. I was thinking, but. And then uh, September closes up with the inevitable Oyster Run. And so that is our uh, calendar highlights for 2018. Yeah, and uh, your I'm checklist. Sure be more. There's plenty more in the calendar. We're Definitely. not just putting those, those uh, events in. But. but, you know, that's just from uh, February to September, man. So eight months, we've just uh, highlighted 24 different events. If, yeah. you, if you want to get out there and ride, there's a there's a lot of opportunity to do Plenty that. Plenty of reasons yeah. to ride. 
So, all right. And if you like to ride fast, uh, that's going to be one of our tips and tricks when we come right back. Support for SoundRider and the SoundRider Show is made possible by... Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I-5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today. Hi, this is Whitney from Kirkland, Washington. My favorite place to ride is in the Lake Wenatchee area. Hey, this is Scott with Langless Leathers, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. We're back on the Soundwriter Show, January edition. Hope you've been enjoying it. And uh, as always, we'd like to close up with a couple tips and tricks. Derek, what do you got today? Yeah, so I uh, was kind of inspired. You know, we had kicked around the, uh, like we talked about in the first segment, that article on the 25 perfect motorcycle vacations. Perfect. They were perfect. (laughs) And I started to think about uh, maybe some of my perfect rides that I would like to take this summer. And, you know, we do that a lot. I think this is kind of part of human nature where we think about all these things that we want to do and we're willing to do, and then the planning just falls through. Next thing you know, it's October, and you look back and you go, man, I really didn't ride as much as I wanted to ride. So my tip is to really do it. You know, I started breaking out the atlases, actually, again, inspired by that uh, article and our conversation that we were going to have here today, and I started looking at some rides that I wanted to do, some multi-day touring trips. And I've already got two in mind, one in Idaho and one in Washington. And I'm encouraging everybody to do the same. That's my tip. Really do it. Really plan it. Get a head start on it. Maybe even break off a little coffee can action and start dropping your change in there to fund it. But uh, don't sleep, man. Those warm months are going to be here fast, and you're going to regret it if you hit October and you haven't been out. Commit and make some hotel reservations yeah. or campground reservations. Absolutely. Yeah. Or get the appropriate gear. Start kind of collecting that and make sure that you're ready to go out there for five or and seven And if you're days. not sure what you want to do, come with us on the road trip or the Sasquatch stools. Pre-made, absolutely. We'll help you. Or do them all. Yeah. So what about you, though, Tom? I mean, you were talking speed. That usually isn't uh, isn't kind of your forte. But, I'm uh, not a big fan of, of you know riding at high speeds yeah. in the public roadways. But, uh, I, you know, it, it, some people think they are. Yeah. And uh, there was an article that came out in one of the major national publications the other day, and the woman talked about how much she enjoyed her wickedly fast Hayabusa GSX-1300 on ah. And I started thinking, you know, that's not like, uh, I don't know. You know, you, you can't just walk around and tell people you like to ride a motorcycle fast. There are two ways to ride a motorcycle fast. All right. Uh, and unfortunately, most people do it the wrong way. That's true. And that's just stupid fast, don't really know what they're doing, don't right. really know how to handle what's coming up ahead. And so I say, hey, if you, you know, I get in trouble. People complain that I ride too fast. Right. Well, I'm not over my limit on what my ability is, but a lot of people that crash from riding too fast are beyond their ability. So true. So my tip this month is um, 
step yourself through the various phases of getting to an ability where you're comfortable at a higher speed, whether it's on the track or or out on a public roadway. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, you can ride around Mount St. Helens fast. You won't be breaking the speed limit. True. There's too many corners. Very true. So, um, but you have to do it methodically. You have to go, if, you, if you've never taken a basic rider course, you need to do that. Right. And then you could take an intermediate, and then you could take an advanced rider course. Then you could sign up and go down and take a track day. You could ride in the, in the green group and then go to the blue group and then go to the black group. That's six right there. Yep. Uh, you can take some of the specialty courses like the Lee Parks programs, those sort of things. There's about 10 different levels of classes you could go through to get your confidence and your skills and your abilities up. You may not even ride as fast as you think you were going to ride, Definitely. but you're going to ride confidently and you're going to feel exhilarated and uh, and you're going to have times, I, I know because I've stepped through this before, as you're stepping through these things, there are times that you don't feel exhil- it's exhilarating. Yeah. And then you learn the next thing that you learn in the next class over here and all of a sudden it's exhilarating again. So uh, I say if you want to ride fast, ride smart fast, not stupid fast. It's a great tip. And, you know, just to kind of piggyback on that, when you take a motorcycle like the Hayabusa, which is really well engineered, really it doesn't take too much experience to get on, you know, five miles, a straight stretch of highway and get that thing to 100. It's built to do that. But when you start to go into a turn, which is where most people start to have their experience, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't encourage anyone to ride 100 on a straight line. But it's the turning, right? So many people get on these fast bikes, they're under experience, and then they hit a corner, they run over the corner, and then boom. And that's where the problems straight are. Straight through so it, right? You so, need to master your yeah. cornering, you need to Couldn't master your more. throttle control, your braking, do all that. And then and then go down to the track and ride all that stuff as fast as you can yeah. because you know how to you know what your abilities are and you know what your limits are. And don't let your ego get in the way. Don't worry about some guy who's riding faster than you. Yeah. Just ride at your own ability and continue to enjoy doing that instead of crashing a bike. That's a fantastic tip. Now I would like to ask you one question before we close here. Okay. This is for redemption. 2017, you predicted that someone would buy a new motorcycle. We alluded to that earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. And I did not. Yep. Any predictions for your uh, co-host here in 2018, motorcycle-wise? What do you think? Uh, you're going to ride your motorcycle. It's a great prediction. I think, <laughs> I think the 2019 show will recap how accurate you were with that prediction. <laughs> like, I finally got one right. The Nostradamus, or Nostradamus, depending on your pronunciation, of the motorcycling world, Tom Marin. All right. Well, before we leave, I want to thank our special guest. Hey, Cortana, thank you for coming on the show today. Sorry, I couldn't help with that, but I'm learning all the time. Well, finally, she gets it accurate. She was not much help today. (laughs) So (laughs) we'll take that. That's a good closing note. We'll be, uh, I promise, in 20, in uh, in February, on the February show, we will not have an AI guest with us. (laughs) So let's try this then. Uh, Okay, Tom Marin, close the show. I'm sorry, but I must go now and come back in February. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. 
This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.